coming up in the next episode. As I was growing up, I would go play outside pretending I was a Power Ranger. And you know, I've never stopped going outside pretending to play that I'm a Power Ranger. Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to the latest episodes of the Turning Points podcast. Today, we have another bumper episode with an interesting guest who will be sharing that defining moment or turning point with us. Remember, you can also be a part of the show by sending us your comments via voice notes or emailing us at the turning points podcast at gmail.com. The turning points podcast at gmail.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Turning Points podcast with myself, the cheese father, Rance Pei. And today's guest is Busiso Buna, who's also affectionately known as Bubu. So Busiso has dual degrees with a Bachelor of Commerce and Bachelor of Law from the University of Pretoria. He's the brightest Young Minds alumnus, Kairos Fellow, and 500 Startups alumnus. Bubi has successfully launched and led several ventures initially through founding and leading the University of Pretoria Consulting Society, where he subsequently held the position of executive manager of the University of Pretoria's business incubator. Bubu is also a co-founder and CEO of an ad tech startup called Jobbox, a student freelancing platform that connects businesses with high quality students. He went on to assume a role of management consultant with the consulting firm IQ Business and is also quite established in his own right. Uh, Welcome to the Turning Points podcast, uh, Bubu. Hey, Sipo. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, man. I mean, the list could have just gone on and on. And all of this (laughs) at, uh, at what age? If I may uh, ask, I mean, yeah, I just no. really need to get that out of the way. <laughs> no worries. So I'm turning 27 this year, so I'm still, I'm still a young man, but I feel old at heart. Wow, that's great stuff, man. So maybe just to start off at um, your childhood, you know, if you could mm-hmm. just maybe just tell us a bit about yourself, where you hail from, and just what your journey has been like up to this point. Yeah, no worries, man. So I'm born and bred from Mpumalanga. Okay. Um, yeah, I was born in Barberton, small little town. Uh, the most famous thing about Barberton is probably the mines and Jock of the Bushveld. <laughs> um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when I was uh, nine years old, my parents moved over to uh, Nelspruit. And so the whole family moved over to Nelspruit, which is a city, but you think that it's a, it's a town because whenever I mention to people I'm from Nelspruit, they, they still don't know. But, um, and that's where I spent uh, most of my childhood there up in Nelspruit. Um, and I, it's home. Nelspruit is home. I was there um, for about two months. We'll get into why I was back home <laughs> yeah. uh, a little bit later in the chat. But it's yeah. home and I love being there, man. Um, and it's just... Uh, I had like a, a pretty dope childhood. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, yeah. I, I'm one of the fortunate few that's been able to have both parents um, involved in my life. Mm. And I think that's actually um, helped me out in a very big way. Um, and just everything that I do is actually just to make my parents proud. Um, not to sound too cheesy or too corny, but yeah. my parents sacrificed a lot to to give me the life that I have. I mean, you can hear by my by my twang. I went to <laughs> a very I went to a very decent school. Yeah. Um, thanks to the opportunities that my parents uh, afforded me, and not for a second do I take that for granted. You know. Yeah. Um, and and I think it, in a way it it helps me to have a different kind of a context and a view because obviously, as you know, in most of African families, when you go to extended family, there's always that one family that's made it there. My yeah, family yeah. was that family that made it. But wow. if I go home to Barberton or Eskom, they want to look shin. Yes. Um, I see what life is like. Sure. So it's, it's, it's not that I've, like, I've got like this, these blinders and I don't know what the rest of South Africa lives like. And, yeah. you know, so I think having that context constantly when I was growing up, um, just really rooted me 
uh, in a very good way. And, you know, I, th I thank my parents for not trying to hide me away from, from that side of, of side of life. You know? mm. my, mom, my mom is always down in Barberton visiting my grandmother. Um, and it's just always remember where you come from. That's always yeah. just been a big, a big thing that was, that was pushed. Um, and then wow. I, spent, I spent a large chunk of my life as a single child um, until my brother was born when I was eight, um, yes. my little brother. Um, you know, it was weird for a long time. It felt like my brother was just my brother. Like, that yeah. was it. You know, especially wow. because we, we had such a big gap. Yes. Um, but then as he was growing up and as he started to become a person, mm. I was like, yo, this guy's actually pretty cool. Um, wow. And, not, and now, like, my brother and I are, like, best friends. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's so cool to have that. Um, How many years apart are you guys? It's eight years, man. Oh, we, wow. Okay. That's a, yeah. <laughs> so you've never had to play Big Brother too. No, um, so I, I think because of the, the, the age and the responsibilities that was, that was pushed on me, mm. uh, I kind of was like a co-parent to my brother. Yes, um, yes. Uh, and so there was a lot of responsibility put on me. Um, I'm, like, I'm like one of those kids where the parents were like, okay, cool, you're maturing pretty quickly, so here's the responsibilities that you need to do. And wow. so that just like, um, that, that managed to just help me like grow as a person, but also, I mean, even now, whenever something happens at home, mm. um, and with oh, my calling you. brother, yeah, my brother, was like, yo, your brother's wilding out. So much. <laughs> <laughs> such um, responsibility, man, at such a young age. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then my, my little brother always says, um, Booby, you know what? You're like Papa. You're like a lighter version of Papa, but you're like Papa. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah my dad was like a, my dad was a very strict person growing up hard man um, yeah very very hard man but also i think it's because of how smart he was so my dad um got scholarships to go to um the higher education institution he went to um and he was just afforded opportunities wherever he went he was just like a very sharp sharp mm. guy and always just achieved with, in whatever he did. And so as a kid, it was like, you had to achieve as much as he did. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah. As, yeah. I remember once I got like 80% or 90% for a test or something. And my dad was like, where's the rest of the 10%? Not good enough. You know, wow. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. But, but you know, it's, as, yeah. yeah. Now I'm just saying he's instilled uh, quite a lot in terms of discipline in you and really demanding yep. the best of yourself. You know, I, I, I'm sure you look back on that with um, some genuine and real appreciation, especially looking yeah, at time. what other kids your age uh, are going through, you know, mm -hmm. and for you to still, you know, be so level-headed uh, and disciplined, it, it, it's, it's really quite a, a rare treasure, you know. Um, congratulations to, to, to you and your dad, eh? Oh no, th thanks man. Um, yeah, like I, my work ethic comes from my parents. It would be a weekday and, and my dad would be awake three o'clock in the morning. I'm waking up to go to the bathroom. I see the lights in the study on. It's three o'clock in the morning. I have to wake up at 5.30 for my dad to take him to the bus at six, meaning that he's only getting three hours of sleep. That yes. time he's also got to travel to Joburg the next day. You know, seeing those things growing up and, and seeing the value of hard work it, it just put, put me in a place where I was like, this, this is what it means. And my mother, no one works harder than my mother. Sure. She, she, she keeps a tight house, but she'll never skirt away or run away from doing what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I have both of those kind of figures in front of me, it's just like, okay, cool. This is, this is how you become successful. And it's crazy, you know, my little brother, um, I, when, when he was growing up, we always perceived him as like being lazier than, than we were. But like shit, seeing, yeah. yeah, but seeing him now, like he's 19 now. Yeah. And seeing his work ethic. It's transformed. You see, yeah. Wow. Um, and, and so like, that's just the kind of family, like discipline and, and, and stuff that we have, you know. And, you know, just to touch on my father a bit, um, he's a lot more, he's a lot more understanding now. You know, mm. and it's been cool to see him grow as a person, even in his age. Wow. 
No, man, that's yeah. beautiful, man. That's just really beautiful story. And, and it really shows as well in your results. I mean, the brightest young minds are luminous. I mean, just take me through some of those accolades, you know? I mean, is this when you were at uh, Pretoria University? You know, yeah. obviously you went through school and uh, got to the university. And what happened? Yeah, so I had like a, a very great high school experience. Um, I remember reading this thing that some people are born leaders, some people um, choose leadership, and some people have leadership thrust upon them. I'm firmly in the latter part. I mm. just was a, I was quite a sociable person. And then yeah. one of my best friends who was pretty much a leader in, in everything that we did, mm. he left and he went to like Hilton College. Okay. And then when he left, that kind of like, like a, I'm knowing, I've, I've, I went to the same school from like grade three all the yeah. way up to matric sure. and pretty much we stayed together as like a group but when he left he left like mm. a void and then people just said okay boo-boo's next in line and so i was just thrust in leadership position oh, wow. from, uh, from grade nine um and i ended up being like the head boy of my high school um i was great. the chairperson of, of senate i was like the deputy head of house Obviously, I was playing first in rugby, first in soccer, sure. all these things. And, 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 and you know, Sipo, <laughs> when you have all these things and you're doing all these things, you believe mm. you can take on the world. Definitely, I, yeah. From, from, uh, I remember for the, I told someone, uh, she was the, the head girl, my, my, my co-head. Mm. I said to her, you know what? I want to change the world. I was like 17, 18. And sure. I told her, I was like, I, this is what I want to do. I want to change the world. Because I yeah. was believing the hype of, of all these things that I was doing and achieving and attaining. And yeah. then what happened was I got to university. Mm. Right? So I'm in a high school with about 400, 500 kids. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been put into these leadership positions. I've led awesome teams. People have, people have trusted me to lead them. And I'm like, no, nah, I can do this. Mm. And then I get to a university with like over 60,000 students. Sure. And, yeah. and reality kind of dawns on you that, yo, this sea is big, man. Yeah, you, yeah. You are nothing here. Sure. You are absolutely nothing. And I found myself studying a degree that I didn't want to study. And it was my first time away from home for so long. All my friends were, were gone. Uh, I didn't have any, any like really none of my best friends came mm. along to the same university as me and I was alone sure. and through an amalgamation of all these things and what was happening in my life. And also like we were having some stuff at home. I actually fell into quite a deep, heavy depression. Um, yeah. Because I, I kind of lost the light of what did I want to do? Yeah, man. Uh, I was looking at my life and saying, I'm not going to be able to change the world doing what I'm doing. How did you end up with that? Uh qualification i mean what happened in, in in your uh selection of what it is that you wanted to to pursue or were you not quite sure then as to what it is that you wanted to to do in terms of your career after facing depression and, and beginning to overcome it i mm. in the midst of that I, actually what happened was i discovered management consulting because i didn't i realized that i don't want to be a lawyer because yeah. i thought so here's the reason why i chose law I chose law because I was reading Barack Obama's Dreams of My Father. Okay. And to be perfectly honest, I was like, hey, I, I see myself in Obama. I was like, yes. okay, cool. How did Obama become president? Because again, touching back to what I wanted to do, I wanted to change the world. But what does yes. that actually mean in a practical sense? That meant that for the longest time in my life, I've always loved helping people. I yeah. enjoy helping people. Wow. And I enjoy solving problems. And that's yeah. just always been a drive and a thing that I do. So I said, mm -hmm. how can I help as many people as I can? In other words, how can I help people on a big grand scale? Yeah. And you know, the ambition in me, it never dies. I was like, oh, I need to become president. That's how I change everything. So I was like, how do I become president? So I started drawing up a path for me to become president. That's sure. literally why I studied law. Because wow. Barack Obama studied law, yeah. went into the Senate and became president. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to follow that same journey. Yeah. Let me go study law. Let me go into parliament, government, all that stuff, and then eventually I'm going to become president. But I discovered two things. Number one, um, law is not a good vehicle to learn about the country per se, and it's also not the greatest vehicle to enact change. 
Now there's a whole conversation that's going to go on there. But the second thing I discovered mm. or kind of dawned on me that getting to the state of becoming president is a yeah. long journey. Mm. And also you don't have as much control to do the change that you want to do as I would have liked. Yeah. And so again, similar to my first year, I found myself in a position where I was like, okay, I don't really know what to do mm. with my future. But I had this thing still, I want to solve problems and I want to help people. Yeah. And then I stumbled upon, upon management consulting. I go to the talks, I see this thing, they talk about and imagine consulting, this problem solving capabilities, leadership, blah, 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 blah. And I say to myself, hey, all those things that this company wants, mm. I have that. But mm. I didn't have any proof. The last yeah. time I had proof of this was when I was in high school. Yeah. So then, uh, same way that I wanted to become president, I started to draw up a journey of how do I become a management consultant? How do I work for these big, huge firms? Yeah. And then I had to prove that, okay, I can do this. And that's when I started the consultant society with, um, with another guy named Manja. And yeah. through starting the consultant society and doing all that stuff, uh, I landed up in Brightest Young Minds. Oh, and that was one of the, yeah, so that was like one of the most amazing experiences like to touch on what when was the turning point mm -hmm. that turning point Sipo, yeah. was when i decided to become a management consultant oh wow man what did that mean for you <laughs> did it, you just it, see it this meant... cool dude in suits or yes <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so so, so what i saw there what i saw that other than like the amazing suits that these guys were wearing yeah i was annoyed by the fact that these guys were working in multiple industries and learning about all these different kinds of um, problems. Yes. I needed to learn what the problems were. I needed to learn what different industries were in order to make myself a better person to figure out, okay, cool, where in the world can I make this change that I want to make it? And so I saw that as a path to get there. Yep. Little did I know that while doing all that stuff, I would discover entrepreneurship. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then by discovering entrepreneurship, that yeah. became the, the end goal. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm going to become a management consultant. Mm -hmm. Once I become a management consultant, I work in a number of different industries. And then once I've worked in a number of industries, I can branch off and do my own thing. Is this something that you had now graphically in your mind or would you put those oh, yeah. thoughts down on some form of a, a plan? Time it's all in my mind. Oh, just in the uh, mind. Okay. You're all in my mind. Quite but, but crystallized. When, when it, yeah. Yes. But okay. When something is in my mind, Sipo, I yeah. see that thing in everything that I do. It consumes you. And it, yeah. it, it does everything. And wow. all, every single thing I did while in university. So this was 2015. I was in my, I was in my, my third year of BCom Law. So my final mm. year of BCom Law. And from there, I, I've, I have been able to achieve something every single year because I said to myself, I need to become a management consultant. So in 2015, I co-founded the Consulting Society Yes. Uh, in order to learn more about the consulting world and to be able to chat to all of the consulting firms so they know who I am mm -hmm. and then also to you know, run a successful organization. And we were able to do that. I had an awesome team, an awesome co-founder. We completely shot the lights out in terms of how what a society meant on campus like we were the first society to have a website and go completely digital sure because all the societies were like okay here's a paper form this is that we're like that's stupid how do we change this how do we how do we shift the paradigm and thinking of what societies are and it all um, started with an idea eh? that's that's quite yeah. remarkable man i mean what would you advise anyone that actually you know wants to become something and they just don't know where to start. Because it seems you have applied the same form of process, even when you were trying to become president, you first conceive it in your mind, and then you follow through with some activities and tasks that will draw you closer and closer to, to that goal. And that seems to have always put you in good stead uh, mm -hmm. with how you would achieve some of your, your, your great accomplishments. So yeah, is that your own sort of process that you would apply to whenever you want to achieve a certain goal? Yeah. I mean, if I could distill my advice in the most simple ways, just mm. start. Mm. So a lot mm. of people, a lot of people have 
goals, visions, dreams of things that they want to do. Yeah. Um, but then they get stuck in the loop of trying to think of, like, is this the right thing? Or what about that thing? Or this is that. Mm. I'm just like, just, just start. The answer is going to Yes. Because mm. if you don't start, then nothing happens. Um, yeah. King Leah uh, so was saying to his daughters, Cordelia, King Leah is a p- play written by Shakespeare. Okay. Um, and as, uh, so, so King Leah had to decide, okay, cool. I've got a kingdom. I've got three daughters. I have to, you know, give each of my daughters uh, a piece of like my state wealth type of vibe. And so the, he told these daughters, you guys have to declare your love for me. And basically from this, then I will decide to give you what I want to give you. Yeah. And then the first daughter, blah, blah, blah. She says something, second daughter. And then it comes to his third daughter, Cordelia. And then he says to her, okay, say something. And she doesn't want to say anything. Mm. And then King Leah says to her, nothing comes of nothing. Mm. And we, we, we did King Leah, I think, in matric. Mm. And that mm. quote has always stuck with me, that nothing comes of nothing. Sure. I'm not condoning King Leah. If you read the play King Leah, King Leah, King Leah was, a, was a bad person. And his other daughters, they, the ones that declared their love, they didn't really love him. The daughter that said nothing was the daughter that loved him. But <laughs> I took yeah. the quote to say, like, nothing comes of nothing. So if yes. you do nothing nothing will happen. Sure. And, no, uh, and so, yeah. And so mm. for me, that's, that's the key tenant. Just start. Um, but also it helps to know who you are as a person. A lot of people don't do enough deep introspection within themselves. Like mm. I can pretty, like, yes, I'm young, but I can pretty crystal in a, in a crystal matter, put to pen and paper, if, even if you wanted me to, who am yeah. I? What do I stand for? What do I believe in? I know these things. And because those things are deeply ingrained within me, and because I am constantly working internally and thinking about myself, Mm. I know those things. And because I know those things, for me to have the capability to just start is easy. Wow. You know? And so I take, yeah, go ahead. Mm. So I wanted to find out if it applies for both your strengths and weaknesses. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're constantly working on your weaknesses or because it it then brings us to the whole idea of self-awareness. So you would realize that, you know, your weakness is in a certain area. And if you find yourself in a situation where you are maybe a bit compromised, you'd be aware to maybe shield your weakness or how do you deal with that situation? So the last point you made to shield your weakness. So Mm. I don't believe in actually really working hard on my weaknesses. But so, so what do I mean by that? So a strength is a strength, right? And improving your strength requires a small amount of energy mm. to make that strength better. Yeah. A weakness inherently is a weakness within you. And for you to overcome that weakness, you're going to need a lot of energy to pull that weakness up. Mm. So I don't actually try to work too much on my weaknesses. What I try to do is to mitigate my weaknesses. Okay. I don't focus too, like my strengths are my strengths and I, and I find ways to constantly enhance those, but I don't spend too much energy on that. So how do I mitigate my weaknesses? Number one, I know what my weaknesses are. So that's a big, huge thing, right? Yes. Knowing that before you jump into anything, you're like, oh, I actually suck at that thing. But it's not to accept that, oh, I suck at that thing. I'm not going to do anything about it. It's... Mm. What can I do to mitigate that weakness, weakness being a reality? In like an example, in, in, in the company we run right now, mm. um, in, in Jogglebox, yeah. my definite weakness is like marketing and social media. Like it's just not a thing that I'm good at. Yes. And in today's day and age, that's how people know about you as a company, right? So if I don't mm. get that right, my company is going to actually get hurt. So how do I, how am I mitigating that? I'm mitigating that by finding someone whose strength lies in that. Yes. Okay. And so, and so that allows me to not to worry too much about, okay, cool. That thing is going to make the business crash and burn. I've got someone that can actually handle that. Yes. I know how to do social media. I know how to do marketing. I've already read about it and mm-hmm. I have been doing it. But if you look at it, I'm not doing a fantastic job, but I'm, I'm doing some of it, but I'm getting someone who is much better at it than me 
and I am trusting them to run it. It's such no, a big no. thing to be able to, to, to trust people that you bring into your team and know that they're going to successfully um, execute on that thing and I don't have to have sleepless nights on it. Wow. And so that's, it's, it's kind of the ways that I, that I mitigate my weaknesses, but I'm very well aware of what they are. And I think, you know, people, I don't believe in luck, yeah. but I am fortunate that my strengths and my weaknesses in this current economic climate or in this current economic structures and systems we find ourselves in, mm. I'm fortunate that my strengths are really well accustomed Position. and really mm. well, yeah. They, they Positioned just, in this economy, eh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to um, delve more into that. Uh, <laughs> just maybe let's just take a, a couple of, just a second's break and we'll be back yeah, right yeah, now. Sure. Cool. Awesome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Turning Points, still with myself, the cheese father, Rance Pei. And thank you for tuning in. Uh, Bubu, we're back at you. Um, your box. Can you yes. tell us a bit uh, more about how that was established and what it stands for? <laughs> yeah, so Jobbox has a long history, but I'll keep it relatively short. Yeah. So Jobbox was actually founded in 2015 when we were still students. Okay. Um, so my co-founder, his name is Darren. I met him because I was running the consulting society. Um, I was trying to pitch to one of the consulting firms that, hey, look, we've just started a consulting society. We're going to be hosting events. Do you want to work with us? And then this guy was standing behind me. And I don't know why. I turned around and I spoke over a conversation with this guy. And he just absolutely blew my mind. Um, and on the spot, Sipo, sure. I was like, Darren, I am starting a consulting society. I want you in my executive team. Wow. And he joined the executive team and we just really worked well together. And he was graduating that year. That's, that's and so then rare. Eh? I saw you just on <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but so what, what is the details of that? Uh, how did you blow your mind? I can't even put it into words. Yeah. But he is just very sharp and on the ball. And sure. if you look at and if you look at Darren's career trajectory, and if you met Darren once, you can immediately tell that this guy is going to do amazing things in the future. Wow. And so one of the things that I am good at is I am good with people and I'm good at seeing, okay, cool. This guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be average. And sure. so I try to surround myself with people who are um, really going to do amazing things. And so just immediately, it's just something just was just there. And I was like, okay, cool. This, this guy. Okay. Um, no, great and stuff. then, mm. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I just put an entrepreneurial bug, um, thanks to a whole host of podcasts I was listening to. And then Darren and I, Darren was doing his masters in entrepreneurship. Yeah. And then we start chatting more about this thing. And he sees like, no, this guy's understanding startups. And he's like, Ooh, I've got a startup that I want to start. It's called Jobbox. So sure. I said, okay, man, let's, let's hear more about it. You know, I just discovered tech tech startups as well yeah and then he explains to me and he says like you know what when you're driving around town and you're driving around builders warehouse you see people carrying these boards saying i'm a roofer i'm a tiler i'm a painter etc mm. he says surely there's a more efficient way for these people to advertise their skills mm. and for them to utilize the time instead of standing there they can utilize the time to upskill themselves and yeah. just making it easier for them to get work so at the core of Jobbox, it's always been about how do we play a role in reducing unemployment within South Africa? Wow, man, that's powerful, man. That's just that altruistic uh, element to it. And, and, and this now also complements what you've always wanted to do, you know, how you would help people. And he just put the tools in your hand right there and then. Exactly. Sure. I remember when he first told me about it, it blew my mind. Yeah. You know, and he drew a diagram. He drew like, okay, so there's job seekers on this side and then there's job creators on that side. And then he drew Jobbox and he drew a triangle. And he said, um, 
Jumpbox is the link between them, your seaport. It blew my mind. But sure. then now I know because I've been so deep in this entrepreneurial game. Yeah. And he's, it's a, Jobbox was a marketplace and there are hundreds of marketplaces. But you know, when you're first starting, you've got that naivety um, thinking that you are going to be able to do this. Mm. You're going to be able to create this amazing thing. The passion, man. The passion just yeah. drives you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we were so excited. Um, but then we got along and we said, okay, cool, let's do this. And so we got a team together. Mm. all students as well and 2016 we started building our our mvp platform like idiots you know it's simple yeah <laughs> imagine okay yes we were following the lean startup but yeah we didn't conduct a single user interview we didn't speak to to a single user the only thing we did yeah. we went and we read on we read on forums saying what are people saying about this whole thing and then from there we were saying okay um let's not focus on artisan skills right now because there's limitations with artisans. So artisans, roofers, talents, and painters. Yep. They don't have a, they don't have a smartphone, they don't have internet, some of them don't have banking accounts. So we said, let's first start on professional freelancing. Mm-hmm. And then once you trust the Jobbooks brand, we're going to do artisans. Yeah. And then to take it even further, we said to ourselves, Hey, we're students. Why don't we do student freelancing? We understand students because mm-hmm. in our minds, we said, why are students not utilizing the skills that they're studying for? And yeah. that's what we built. We built a student freelancing platform. And we actually built the platform, got a couple of jobs done on the platform. This was like 2016. Um, 2017, did more jobs on the platform. But then 2018, yeah. uh, as you know, Sipo, I started working at IQ Business. Yes. Uh, I started working as a full-time uh, employee. Darren was working as a full-time employee. Mm. Our designer and our engineer, they also had full-time jobs. And then our engineer and designer decided, hey, look, we're not actually able to provide enough support here. So they left. It drifted. Yeah. yeah, Everyone just. 2018. Mm, Wow, man. The dream must have been dead and gone by then. eh? Yeah, it it, kind of did suck. And then I, um, with another uh, friend of mine who I ran the consultant society with him in his second year, and also ran the business incubator with. We decided to start another startup and this startup landed me in Japan for two months oh, um, yeah. at 500, yeah, at 500 startups. Yes. And that experience is probably one of the greatest experiences of my life in terms of my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. two months in Japan. And then what happens was when we came back, I got a call from these guys in Cape Town and these guys in Cape Town say to me, Hey, boo, we are starting an accelerator program. Uh, mm-hmm. being uh, funded by the SASME, um, the SASME fund. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come down to Cape Town and join this accelerator program? Because we're looking for strong founders. Wow. How did they and find this? They, they learn about because, you? Um, mm-hmm. It's because of Kairos. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So the guy who um, was the head of Kairos Society yeah. in the South African leg, he was also one of the founders of Acro Accelerator Program. Yeah. So that's how I got into the, that whole circle. So that's how they knew about me. Okay. Um, and then we, uh, I called up a guy who had interned at Jobbox. And now he was a tech lead at his company. He was just doing amazing. And actually he called me. He was like, boo, what's happening with Jobbox? Yeah. Um, and I was like, yo, there's actually something happening. Do you want to come join the, the, the startup now as the actual CTO. Mm. And he was like, cool, let's go. So we both quit our jobs. Sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. that was a... <laughs> I guess that's, that's the advantage of being young, eh? Um, yeah, because it's a topic that I've engaged with a whole lot of guys as well uh, in, in recent times, you know, why we're not willing to take that risk and just take the plunge and, and, and see where it leads <sighs> you, you know, because yeah, being stuck in the red race and not following your passion <laughs> is just really what's training um sort of people's dreams and stuff but yeah you guys did it yeah we did it man like scariest moment of 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 our lives and 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 that's what it was like we both had found ourselves not following our passions i wasn't following my passion working Mm. full-time job i wasn't making the change that i wanted to make because you must remember that in my head i'm still like I want to become an entrepreneur. President or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to become an entrepreneur because I want to, I want to change the world. 
Yes. And I want to help as many people as I can doing that. Yeah. Right. And working at a full-time job, I was kind of stifled. And like I said, I spent two months in Japan, mm. effectively being a full-time entrepreneur there. Sure. And Sipo, that was the most stressful period of my entire life. I was in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. I was broke. Yeah. I was just realizing that the startup that we were trying to start, so this is not Jobbox, this is another startup. Yeah. We had not gone about it the right way. I've been doing entrepreneurship. You don't do entrepreneurship incorrectly, but there were certain things that I should have done that I just never did. Yeah. But Sipo, I was happy. Sure. That's all that matters, man. Happy, man. Wow. Um, and so when I came that, back, you know? yeah. Yes, definitely. And so, so when I came back, we weren't able to raise funding. So I had to go back to work. And it 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 it, it was crushing me. It was so crushing. Yeah. Um, and so when the acro guys called me and said, Hey, do you want to come down to Cape Town? It was a no-brainer. I was ready. Um, I was ready to go. So we quit yeah. our jobs, headed down to Cape Town, got to Cape Town. We met uh, the ex-head of Snapscan Sales. He says to us, guys, I like Jobbox, the student freelancing thing. I like you guys, but I'll be honest with you. You guys have no unique value proposition. And the way I see it, you guys aren't going to survive. You're not sure. going to raise any funding. You, you may get a couple of jobs done on the platform here and there, but it's not going to be enough. You know sure. when someone tells you something that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you know is true, but yeah. you've just been fighting it. That was that moment. I mean, like, you had just been, yeah. I mean, I mean, in Japan, I'm sure you had also received sort of West, yep. uh, West feedback <laughs> as well, eh? <laughs> the industry just no, cutthroat like that. Entrepreneurship. <laughs> I mean, you really need to to be quite thick skinned, eh? Sure. Yep. <laughs> wow. you, you really do need to. But 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 in that same in that same meeting, this guy says to us, "Have you guys ever thought about building white label solutions?" For these, for these universities. Mm, and we're like, mm, the like, hell no. is that? Yeah, and he explains to us like, no, in his university, there was a platform that he could go on and find like jobs while he was studying. Yeah. And that was like a university platform. And he wow. said to us, I doubt my university built that. Someone probably did that for them. And mm. so he said like, why don't you guys see if you can do that? And so mm. thanks to 500 startups, I know before I do anything, I conduct user interviews. So we conducted a whole host of user interviews. And from there, during that two-month period down in Cape Town last year, we were able to actually, we, I wouldn't say we pivoted Jobbox because Jobbox is still kind of focusing on providing students with work experience yeah. um, through like freelancing, we're pulling up projects of gig type work. Mm-hmm. But we kind of changed our distribution model. Oh, so what we did was, now we, we, we said to guys, Let's partner with a higher education institution. So let's partner with the university. Because mm. when we partner with the university, that gives us access to all of the students. The students, yes. So instead of us having to go get students one by one, we mm. partner with one institution. Yeah. It allows us to reach many students. So that's like the first big change. Okay. Second big change we did in Jobbox was to say, students are not being employed. Mm. How do we know this? Graduate youth unemployment is at 31% in this country. You know, mm-hmm. youth unemployment is, is ridiculous. It's sitting at like over 50%. It's sure. 50% now. Yeah. yeah, youth unemployment is, is, is still massive. Yeah. And so the whole rhetoric that we're told is to go to high school, go to university, you'll get a job, right? Mm. Yeah. But there are some people out there that are doing this and still not getting a job. Mm-hmm. So we asked why, and it was because of the lack of soft skills. Mm. And so on the Jobbox platform, we said, okay, once a student has completed a job, they get rated based on their soft skills. So now we add a huge soft skills component. Now we're adding uh, improving graduate employability, right? Mm. Mm. So these two big things, partnering with institution and then focusing on soft skills fundamentally changed what we do at Jobbox, but still keeping with the core why, you know, some is the next golden circle. Yeah. Our core why is still about unemployment, but now specifically it's youth unemployment. Yeah. And whatever we do as Jobbox has to be related to that. Oh, I see. We want to play a role in reducing youth unemployment. Sure. And this goes back to my, to, 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 to my, my, me being me in that mm. I'm helping people and I'm solving a grand challenge. But it's even more focused now. 
so much more focused. Get your specific target segment. And exactly. yeah, it makes it much more, you know, clarity is key, you know? And once you've got yeah. that clarity, it's much easier for you to, to strike and go for, for what it is that you want. Wow, 100%. man. No, it's, it's, it's been great. And we're hoping to, um, you know, get more people, especially young people, uh, find opportunities through your platform, man. And um, where, where do people find it? Um, is your site up yet? Yeah. Yeah, our site is up. You can go to www.jobox.co.za. That's J-O-B-O-X. Um, you can't access our platform right now. Okay. Our platform is sealed to um, only beta users, but you can click on a link saying, can I please have access to my beta? And okay. so we, we're, doing, we're doing pretty well with traction. I mean, today we've placed a bunch of students and they're actually in training as wow. I speak right now. Um, sure. Yeah, which is a, it's pretty cool. We've been able to partner with a bunch of institutions. Wow. Uh, we've been able to raise funding, which was a game changer for us and a huge sure. learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, you know, as the as the CEO, trying to like navigate this thing. Wow. Um, yeah, and like today, I was chatting to one of our foreign investors, um, mm. just giving him an update about what's going on, and he was just really positive. Like we we're doing some some good things, and hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to announce. Some of the cool stuff that we're doing. Um, yeah. But you know, one of my mentors said, said to me, uh, he's probably my favorite quote from him. Yeah. He says, until you get that SMS on your phone saying that the money is there, nothing is final. <laughs> until the SMS is there. Um, so until you get that SMS. Yeah. Yeah, okay, rents pay, man. That's how it hey. is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, we obviously want to do stuff, purpose-driven, help people. But um, yeah, at the, end of, at, at the end of the day, uh, you need those rents to also, you know, get things 100%. done, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. Cool. Boo-boo, let's uh, go for just a short break. We'll be back right sure. now. Cool. Awesome. Children, hold on to your dreams. Believe in love. Let love be the light to show the way. And love will shine on you one day. All right. Welcome back to Turning Points Podcasts with myself, Rens Pei. And we are still with Bubu. So, uh, Bubu, have you played? What's the song you've been playing the most in the, uh, over the past week? Uh, this, <laughs> this is a very difficult question to answer. And the thing is, I listen to I listen to so much music. I think at this point, I think I've got over thirty thousand songs in my library. Sure. Um, yeah, music is like one of the most important things to me in this world. Um, wow. Whenever you see me, you'll always see me with a pair of earphones in my head. And yeah, what genre? I'm listening. Ed, your sipo. Anything. Anything. What did your father love? Yeah. So my father wasn't the music. So my dad wasn't the music person. It's my mom. She's the one that influenced me. So I grew up listening to... Uh, Michael Jackson to Motown mm, to wow. obviously Brenda Fassi to, yes, yes. to Carol King to uh, the Bee Gees to my mom Trompies, yeah. whatever you can imagine my, my mom my mom like loves Luther Vandross so obviously I grew up listening to way too much Luther Vandross and so because of my mom's like broad taste in music mm. and me like I grew up very close with my mom and I still am although I spoke about my dad a lot in the beginning i'm very very close with my mom um, yeah we're like we're, we're very good friends wow. and so we just like she just influenced me with this music so for me personally i can legitimately go from listening to heavy metal to to rap to 1950s irish gaelic music i can listen to pretty much um, what, anything what does it do to you i mean um, what are you picking out of music because you know it's essentially art, right? Uh, it, yes. I mean, I mean, you would have these people would have had to have gone into a studio and came up with these yep. ideas. I mean, pretty much the same principles that you apply in, in entrepreneurship and coming up with an innovation. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but they 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 do it with music. So, mm. what what does it mean to you? 
it means so many different things to me. Mm, mm. When I listen to music, especially I listen to a song that I, I love or enjoy, I can feel it touching my soul. Wow. You know? Okay. And I, I, I can feel it on the inside and the kind of emotions that it evokes within me. Mm. Um, whether whether I, I, I need to feel a certain way or whether I, I just need to zone in and focus or whatever it may be. It's mm. just that I'm, I've got to have music. So music just means so much to me. And to put it into words is actually like very, very difficult because that's how, that's how much I love this thing. And yeah. It's just, it kind of like, it, it shows to me that, you know, we as humans have souls. Because no, definitely. There's something that happens when the song touches you. And, and that's the thing that also blows my mind. The thing that you mentioned, like how they get into the studio and they mm. do what they need to do. Mm, mm. where they got it's the inspiration incredible. and you know yes. it's, it's, a it's whole. incredible like how are people constantly making new sounds yeah. how do you make a new sound <laughs> like I understand like with startups for me um, I, I just understand startups really well right yeah. and so I'm just able to pick it up quite quickly yeah. and I'm able to see possibilities and all these things but mm. with these guys with music it's abstract man I mean chords? yeah <laughs> 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 but what other form <laughs> of art uh, sort of does the same thing for you i mean have um, you had appreciation for poetry um yeah well you see yeah, yeah poetry definitely but like poetry and 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 music for me go into one-on-one because as much as i love like different kinds of genres and i and i'll say i won't say which song i've been listening to i'll say i'll, I'll tell you the name of the band a little bit later but mm. i love all different kinds of genres but my favorite genre is still hip-hop and rap and that's poetry is just it's it's yeah. it's fundamentally in there you know yeah um, but in terms of like other arts and other media like um i love anime um japanese anime it's it's my thing i watch more anime than i watch any other form of like um any form of art i read the what japanese is, is it like a dance anime. or something no 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 anime is um <laughs> it's like Essentially, it's adult cartoons. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's, like, so it's like uh, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, oh, like stuff like Toy that. Story yeah, stuff. Okay. Yes, I watch so much of that. It's ridiculous. Um, I read, I read the, 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 the thing, these things called manga. And so the, the guys who, who write manga, they're called mangaka. So now, like, you know, um, mangaka for me are probably some of the most talented artists mm. um, because not only do these guys draw their own, um, do they, they draw themselves. They mm-hmm. also create the dialogue. They also create the stories. You can read one manga and laugh and cry at the same time. The capability wow. to do all of that by just one person is, is, is incredible. That's Obviously insane. now, like if your, if your manga is bigger, you've got a whole team that help you, but it comes from the source of one person. You know? Wow. Um, oh, with, with this brainchild. Yeah. And I also enjoy my fair share of comic books, superheroes, there's, there's, there's a, it, it, when I was growing up, yeah. I watched way too much Power Rangers. And okay. As I was watching, there's, 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 a whole, there's a whole reason to this. As I was watching Power Rangers, yeah. um, I was infatuated with the Red Ranger. The Red Ranger was almost always the leader. Um, and, mm. you know, the, what, what would the Power Rangers do every, every single episode? They'd save the day. Yeah. And they would be the heroes. Yeah. And so... As, as I was growing up, I would go play outside pretending I was a Power Ranger. And you know, I'd I've never stopped going outside pretending to play that I'm a Power Ranger because that's what I want to do. I want to save people. I want to save the yes. world, right? Yes, And yes, so yes. these stories of heroes always yes. just get me going. And so I, I absolutely love um, all that stuff. Wow, man. You've just yeah, taken yeah. full inventory of your life, you know, taking <laughs> stock of it and... <laughs> You have such clarity now, and now you understand why you did certain things in your life, you know, because it always came back to this one thing that you wanted to do, you, you know, something that was more uh, innate, you know, something that was uh, sort of purpose-driven. Great yeah. stuff, man. So, so having been through all of these uh, exciting experiences and, you know, uh, as you pursue your passion, um, what would your philosophy be in life, you know, with respect to building one's career um be it in corporate entrepreneurship but yeah that philosophy that you would have maybe um sort of concocted from all the advice you've gotten from your 
uh, mentors or something that you read? What does it all come down to for you? Hmm. That's an excellent question. Whenever someone says that's an excellent question, they're just delaying time to answer the question. (laughs) Wow. I would say for me, you've got to, going back actually, circling full back, and again, I'm probably lucky to have this. Simon Sinek starting with the why is Mm. is brilliant. Because once you know in life what your why is, you know what your passion is yeah. and then you, you know what sets you apart from everyone else. Mm. Once you realize why you're doing something that kind of changes the ball game. So that would be for me, one of the most crucial things, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, whether mm. you stay in corporate and I, and I've, and I've got, I've got hot takes and hot opinions about entrepreneurship. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest anyone to become an entrepreneur. Yeah. This journey, this journey sucks. It's very difficult. Not everyone is built for it. And not mm. everyone needs to be an entrepreneur to make change. Yeah. Right. I think people need to like get this, that just because you're not an entrepreneur, just because you've got a corporate job doesn't mean that you can't make change. Doesn't mean that you're not worthy as a person. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. But you've just got to find your why. And once you find your why, and once you love what you do, because you know your why, it's so easy to find out what you love doing. Mm. If you are doing it because you know why and it keeps you going forward. It keeps so grounded. It, mm. it, it definitely does. And your why can be anything, Sipo. Yeah. Your why can be, I, I love, like for instance, my mother, everything that she does is for me and my little brother. She loves us unconditionally. Mm. Right. Mm. So she doesn't have grand visions like me or wanted to change the world. She just wanted to provide a good home for her sons. Yeah. That's what matters and to her. That's what matters to her. That was her yeah. why. Sure. Right? You can say what you want to say about that. I mean, that's my dad's why as well. My dad does everything because he wants to provide for his family. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was like, okay, cool guys. That's awesome. I just want to, uh, I want to change the world. You know, type of vibe. But th- because they knew their why, they were able to do all the stuff that they did in order to able to um, get the promotions that they needed to get and, and, and all of these things. So start with the why, figure out why you're doing something. And for me, Sipo, you know what, like once, once you know your why, mm. knowing your why is you learning about yourself, learning about your strengths, learning about your weaknesses. As I mentioned before, mitigate your strengths, mm. maximize your weaknesses. Yeah. Um, and then if you can, you know, um, it's not open to everyone. If you can travel, yeah. um, traveling, I've only traveled outside this country tri- twice. Yeah. And with both times, it was because of my startups, right? Mm. I've never traveled to just go for traveling. Yeah. Um, we didn't have these kind of opportunities growing up. Yeah. But that kind of like changed my perception of the world as well. But I completely understand that not everyone can do that. It's quite expensive. And especially now with the corona, maybe yeah. not the most ideal thing <laughs> yeah, for you to do. Definitely, yeah. Um, my third thing would be, you know, pick up, pick up a book. Yeah. Specifically, what kind of books, what kind of things... For me, I think that also changed um, and it was around about the time, 2014, 2015, I started reading more about philosophy, specifically like stoicism. Yeah. Um, stoicism for me is, is an amazing uh, way to like sh- sort of shape your life. It doesn't mean that I'm emotionalist. I, I perceive myself as a stoic. Yeah. I'm not emotionalist, but I take a step back whenever I need to make a, a, a reaction. And I try to not to worry too much about things that I cannot have direct control over. Mm. I try to focus on what can I control within my, my, my sphere. And mm. once you've done all of these things, my thing is God then change the world. Yeah. What does changing the world mean? It doesn't mean that you are um, building the next solution to reduce carbon emissions in the world, right? Mm. That is changing the world, yes. But also, if you change the life of one person, mm. you've literally changed the world definitely because they could go on to change multiple lives you know yeah hundreds so just like yeah so just make other people in this world you know better and happy great stuff man great stuff that's uh, quite profound so we have a random question uh, on the show here for you Uh, yours Mm -hmm, would mm -hmm. be to choose between steve jobs or bill gates 
and why that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being very, uh, from a startup. <laughs> <laughs> this one is very, very easy for me. Yes. So this one for me is Steve Jobs, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. So this whole thing of me wanting to change the world, you know where it started from? <laughs> like now I'm embarrassed about it. No, I'm not embarrassed about it, but like it's kind of like, ah, really, that's so corny. But I remember I got an iPhone back in grade 10, right? Was yeah. grade 10 or grade 11? I can't remember. But I used to be obsessed with Apple. Sure. I used to watch the keynotes. And you know what blew my mind? Yeah. This guy could not code very well. He wasn't the greatest designer. Mm. But he was able to impact and change the world with a small little device. Mm -hmm. And he was able to get the best out of people. Okay, with that being said, he was not the best man, right? Yeah. Um, he didn't treat his employees well all the time. Mm -hmm. And Apple, of course, um, some of the factories where the phones are produced is not the greatest working environments for the people there. Mm -hmm. And I, I do not for a second take any of that stuff for granted, right? But when I was younger, I didn't know this stuff. Yeah. So all I saw was this visionary yes. who couldn't really do anything, yeah. but he was doing everything. And I always, he, Steve Jobs resonated with me like that because I don't have like one skill where I can say, oh, that's my thing. And yeah. I used to want to be like, yo, I wish I was a fast runner or I wish I was a, 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 a it, figured, it turned out that I'm an all-rounder. I'm just like kind of good at a lot of things, but I'm not like, that's my expert thing there. And that's yeah. what Steve Jobs had. And so your, those keynotes. Yeah, no, he made those dramatic, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as so Steve yeah, like, could do it, yeah. Yeah, and so he actually played a, um, a big part in me deciding that, hey, look, man, if this guy can change the world, no skills, I can change the world with no skills. Not to say that he didn't have skills, nor do I don't have skills, but he yeah. wasn't like that kind of like skillful person. So for me, it's so easy just to say Steve Jobs. And I used to love Apple and I put emphasis on the word used to, on the words used to, because yeah. ever since he passed away, for me, Apple have stopped being an American mm. company. Apple haven't done anything new or cool in a very long time. I mean, they're still a ridiculously successful company, Yeah, but... I'm not here to, uh, there's nothing that excites me about having a, a trillion dollar company. So mm, what? Mm, mm. Wow. You know, what kind yeah. of innovations are you doing and how are you changing? The I've world? lost the vision, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, great stuff, yeah. man. But uh, yo, dude, it was really great, man, chilling with you. Um, thank you mm -hmm. very much uh, for, for, for just honoring us with your presence and uh, your inspiration as well, you know, to both the young and old. We'll continue to root for, for you at, at the turning points and uh, just keep the fire burning on your side, man. No, thank you so much for the opportunity, man. Um, I'm not there yet. Um, yeah. So I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Um, and this was just like an amazing opportunity as well. You're asking me questions that I haven't thought about in a long time. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> this, is also, this is also good for me. And I've, I've just had an amazing uh, time just chatting. Great, man. Thanks, man. And thank you guys for listening in on our discussion. Go out there and inspire. It's your man, Rents Pay, signing out. Stay blessed.
and so unfair Unless you believe that someone cares Someone who's there, rain or shine Sharing your dreams, your heart and your mind Oh, 
You know, it don't make no difference whether, whether you're young or old. Hold on. It's so unfair. Unless somebody, unless somebody really believes, I mean, to have somebody that they care. I'm talking about through the hard times and the bad times. Sharing your dreams, your thoughts, your heart, your mind. trust in yourself and hold on to your dreams because your dreams are the future of this world let it show you let it show you the way yeah children hold on oh! 